The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Thing led to another, and next thing you know, we're on the sideline. I got him in the headlock and punching my ribs. Oh, Thursday night football is going to be so much fun. I can't wait. Welcome to Becky All Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app. Watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL on YouTube and follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the program today, Corey Parson will share his favorite plus money bangers in the NFL and college football. And then at 1020 Eastern time, Reed Wallach will uncover any and all remaining value in the college football futures market. We will get to Thursday night football between the Ravens and the Bengals in about 20 minutes or so. But first, let's recap our top story from yesterday and that Deshaun Watson, the Browns quarterback, is out for the remainder of the season with a shoulder injury. And starting at quarterback for Cleveland for Sunday against Pittsburgh is Dorian Thompson Robinson. The line is continuing to move. It is now Browns minus one at BetMGM and pretty much everywhere else. The total is down to 33. Joe, when you look at all of these movements and maybe even some of your futures when it comes to the Browns, how does this DTR news impact what you will be doing? Mm, I, I don't like what they're doing. I said it yesterday at the time. I wasn't buying into the source uh, when the report came out during our show, probably because they that source has been wrong multiple times, that reporter. But the other thing is it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, yes, I understand what the numbers are telling us and the metrics about P.J. Walker. He's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, we can make that case for a lot of backups out there. Um, it, it's I'm having a tough time with it because I also feel that was my strong case yesterday that Deshaun Watson isn't worth much to the number. 
and there is an overreaction. And I do feel there was an overreaction, but I don't know what DTR is. That's the thing. We're, we're trying to figure, figure that out. Now, should we trust Stefanski, the guy that has more information on this guy than anyone? I guess a little bit, but I also know that there are going to be bumpy roads ahead with a, with an inexperienced quarterback. We see it with every rookie quarterback. We're seeing it with C.J. Stroud, which could go down as one of the better rookie quarterback seasons we've ever seen. So, yeah, I, I'm really torn on this. In the micro, in this week, I want to bet on Cleveland. But big picture-wise, it, there's going to be rough patches. That I just feel overall it would be a smoother road to the playoffs for the Cleveland Browns if they just stuck with Walker. Yeah, it's it is interesting. I like your point about trusting Stefanski. I don't think DTR is going to be CJ Stroud. DTR was exciting and electric during preseason, but then when he's got some playing time during the regular season, it wasn't quite the same. So I've just got to trust that Stefanski knows what he's doing because it's not like they're out of it in the division. So it's a little head scratching, but he must have seen something, or at least in this specific matchup, he thinks DTR gives him a better chance to be competitive. And that's certainly a possibility in terms of taking on this Steelers front, which although is quite good, especially when it comes to pass rushing with a mobile quarterback in DTR, that's going to be a big question mark in terms of what the Steelers can do against him. So definitely that matchup, Aaron, makes a whole lot of sense. I suppose I have a unique perspective here because last season I did go to the Rose Bowl more than a couple of times to watch UCLA football play, and I got to watch DTR a good bit. And this is more of an eyeball test than it is anything else. But even though when I was watching him in college, I never found him to be overly spectacular, he did really look like a leader of men. It did seem like that the rest of the team really looked up to him and followed his lead a good bit. They were always talking to him, always being inspired by him. And I think sometimes you can see that in person in a football game. That was really impressive. And it was one of those things where I, I was thinking to myself, okay, I don't know if he necessarily has the talent to be a consistently good starting quarterback in the NFL, but I know he's charismatic. And I know a lot of locker rooms mm -hmm. would love to have someone like that, mm -hmm. even if, say, he's a perennial backup quarterback for a long time. He just seems to have the personality and the cloud and the temperament, all those things, to where people want to be around him. People like him. And he can be a leader. And I wonder if these leadership qualities matter in a situation like this where, yeah, the defense for the Browns is playing really, really well. No doubt about that. But defense can be inconsistent from one game to the next and certainly one season to the next. So as the road does get bumpy and you have tough division games and tough out-of-division games for the rest of the season, knowing full well it is going to be a fight to get into the playoffs, knowing all of those things. I do wonder if DTR being in the huddle can be a positive presence. And I'm a little outside my comfort zone saying these kinds of things, just maybe as a data guy, but I just couldn't help but be impressed with him. And you know what you have in PJ Walker, right? Like you, you kind of know what you're going to expect. Maybe you don't know what you're going to expect out of DTR, but I think the floor is such to where I don't know if he can be that much worse than PJ Walker. And look, if DTR is really, really bad, you can go back. It's okay. Nobody says yeah. you can't do that. The leash may very well be short. And I think, Joe, that's okay. Know what you have in your rookie quarterback 
And then you can make further decisions from there. This is a one-game thing, maybe even a one-half thing if DTR is that bad. doesn't necessarily have to reflect what you're going to do the rest of the year. It's probably a little unfair to the quarterback, but honestly, something that's uh, stuck in the back of my mind is DTR, to no fault of his own, actually credit, he had a terrific preseason. He is one of the he was mm-hmm. one of the standout guys that people were talking about throughout those three weeks. And what did we see with some of the other standout quarterbacks in the preseason? They had their issues. Oh, we're back in reality here, Kenny Pickett, and <laughs> some of the other names out there. So that's kind of lingering with me a little bit that okay, we don't want to overreact to that, what we saw in the preseason. But yeah, I maybe there's no real difference. Maybe they're about the same. It's interesting, drop-off-wise, like a lot of people are going to point out in the space that this week you see a three-point move from four to one. I'd also point out that before the Watson injury was lingering, that maybe you want to take a look at that look-ahead because that was five and a half. That was five and a half. Like We knew when the numbers came out on Monday that Watson was dealing with something. That report was out there, and I think that's why it was down a little bit. So really... I mean, we're talking about a four and a half to five point move. Yeah, I, I was thinking about what Ed was saying about DTR, and I kind of compare it to Joshua Dobbs. Like, just when you're talking about mm-hmm. the leadership, the temperament, when you hear Josh Dobbs talk, any press conferences I've heard in the last couple of weeks, I'm like, this is a guy. Like, if you don't like this guy and you're not rallying around him, I don't know. I might not trust you. Like, and maybe DTR has those intangibles that we really don't know about because just such a small sample size. So, it, yeah, I mean, you got to have a crystal ball and be a witch or a psychic to know what, <laughs> what he's going to be able to do. <laughs> what up, Swifty? <laughs> <laughs> not a warlock, not, not a voodoo expert. True. True. Got to get the right uh, what, pronouns, yeah. I guess. The, yeah, Browns what, might, what, the Browns might come up in our contest picks in the last hour of the show today. Just saying. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm also Browns. just saying it, it may come up as well. That's, uh, we might be uh, in the deal there. I, I could definitely yeah. see that happening. It, it's all about like when scouts and coaches are saying, this guy has it. Well, what is it? How do you define it? And I don't mm-hmm. know if DTR has it, but certainly more than enough people think so. And, and Joe, I like your point about, okay, maybe PJ Walker, maybe, uh, you know, DTR, they're about the same. Well, then what do you do in case of a tiebreaker? You know, break the glass. How do you break this tie? I Give think because he's a rookie, <laughs> you can look at the long-term situation and go, yeah. okay, do we want to hang on to this guy? Because certainly, like, even for practice squads, like having a charismatic quarterback out there can be a useful thing, especially someone with his yeah. mobility. Yep. Give me the rookie. And you know, it also, (laughs) as bad as Watson's been, the other real part of the conversation, not just this year, but you know, with everything the Browns have done, I know they have him locked up for a few more years, but Hey, you know, maybe we have an option that's pretty close to Watson. It's really cheap Mm -hmm. and he's going to be here a longer period of time. You know, maybe, uh, Maybe they end up uh, doing something like that, but, you know, sometimes ownership gets involved, especially with the team like Cleveland and the way that their organization is set up. But, uh, yeah, you want you want an answer. Here's an opportunity to get an answer on the guy, and, and I'm sure that's what they're thinking.
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Presented by T-Mobile the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Absolutely, and a really important thing to be able to have uh, the sooner the better because this whole Deshaun Watson thing is so up in the air. Get as much information about your quarterbacks as possible because that is the most important position. Okay, how about we move on now to a little baseball here because uh, we've got some Cy Young Award winners. We've got Blake Snell. And we've got Garrett Cole here. And Joe, it is fascinating where, you know, as much as we were piling on Blake Snell kind of throughout the season, he was just consistent. Maybe the outings weren't long enough, but the consistency paid off for him. And then when it comes to uh, Cole, I mean, he was kind of running away with this award for some time. We could say we, I guess, because Jake Jake is part of the family. He's part of the show. Um, he was fighting against it for months and months and months. He finally <laughs> caved at the very end because he realized exactly what was going to happen. And what happened in the vote is uh, Blake Snell got 28 out of 30 first place votes. And Garrett Cole got all 30. None of us are surprised that this was the result. That if you got a, a nice fat ticket on Snell, which was available early on in the year. I know some 50s were floating out there. You've got some really big numbers. I'm sure there's better numbers than that. Uh, Cole, you're never going to get a good number on him. Like it was expected. I 
I thought this was really interesting. And maybe there's something for us to take moving forward. Maybe there isn't. I'll just say on the Cole side, starting with the American League, felt like the voters thought it was his time. Really felt that way. And we all expected him to get it. But if we're being honest, if we go across the board looking at all the numbers, Cole was not as dominant as we've seen in the past. And I say it was his time because he's he was a runner-up multiple times, and we knew he was going to get one at some point. He was number one in ERA, number one in whip. But if we talk about some of the metrics that we that we typically take a look at, strikeouts, he was third. F4, he was third. X FIP among AL starters, he was six. So it's not like you would think when someone sweeps the board as far as all the first place votes that they would be first, second in just about every metric. That was not the case for Cole. And then you look at the Snell thing, it was the same thing. Like, yes, first in ERA, second in strikes, strikeouts, but sixth in F4, seventh in XFIP among National League starters. So my takeaway ends up being that, okay, we think we have the formula for what voters are looking for in a Cy Young Award winner. Eh, you probably don't. And it felt like a bit of a throwback because both of these guys were the ERA leader in their given leagues, and they were up there in strikeouts, which we always look at. But a lot of the other metrics that we've been looking at in recent years, no, no, they didn't pop. They were not all top five in in those. So I also, part of me is thinking, you know, we're looking at, sometimes we're looking at stuff that a lot of these voters aren't. We know, we all know ERA isn't the best way to evaluate a pitcher, but both of these guys were number one in ERA. And that's how a lot of voters are still going to roll. Hmm. I love that. That's really interesting because we've known Garrett Cole to be a dominant pitcher just based off reputation. And also I'm sure the team he plays for helps a lot. Um, and maybe, so what I hear you say is like, they kind of, the voters might've baked in some of that and felt like his time is now to win this award. He deserves it. I felt like that. I felt like that. How about you, Ed? Mm-hmm. I I suppose. I mean, I think I probably look at things in a vacuum a little bit uh, when it comes to this award. And and sometimes when it comes to legacy things, there are probably other sports where I'm a little bit more forgiving as far as like how someone performed last year and then carrying it over to this year. The Heisman might be a really good example of this. So as far as this award goes, I think it's fine. As far as process, though, and you know, it's always about learning new lessons for how to place bets going forward. I think my question, Joe, is like, are there other pitchers who can earn these legacy awards, assuming that they have a really good year? And when I think about that possibility, he was hurt last season, so we didn't get to see him at all. Mm-hmm. But what about like a closer? What about someone like Edwin Diaz, for instance? Like he, like I know closers usually don't get the Cy Young for the most part, but for someone who just is always creating buzz and he's been in the league for several seasons now, he's been in the show for a long time. Now I do wonder like at some point, are we going to go the closer role and maybe there are some bets to place there assuming, you know, he's, you know, he's out there or another closer is out there. Who's going to be dynamite. You'd have to be miraculous. Like no stumbles along the way. I have a tough time, uh, buying into that i know exactly what you're saying and relief pitchers are more important than ever before because they're taking up much more of the game than ever before and innings are going down for a lot of starting pitchers 
But I, I think it's something that we end up talking about for a month here or there. It's something we talk like we do the same thing with uh, non-quarterbacks as far as MVP. I just when it comes down to strikeouts, there's always going to be someone like over 200 strikeouts that just has a heavy workload as far as innings go. And so it's going to be tough. Like It would have to be a year where the best pitcher in the National League, like a Strider, has all those strikeouts, but he also has a mm-hmm. very high ERA, which is why he was not in the mix for this. I think we have one or two other names we will revisit later in the program. Until then, this is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our preview of Thursday Night Football, Bengals at Ravens. How tough is it finding good props with injuries and rookies making big impacts? That's right here on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Time to talk a little Thursday night football between the Bengals and the Ravens. Currently on BetMGM, it's Baltimore as three-and-a-half-point favorites with a total of 46. The injuries, though, Joe, are significant as far as handicapping this contest. Uh, For the Bengals, looks like Trey Hendrickson will be available, will be playing, and that's going to matter a great deal as far as this Cincy defense continuing to improve. Uh, But T. Higgins is out. Sam Hubbard is out. And then for Baltimore, Ronnie Stanley is out, and Marlon Humphrey is doubtful. He seems to be doubtful uh, for large chunks of his entire career. Uh, But Mm -hmm. given these injuries, what makes sense to you as far as side and total? Yeah, and as far as Stanley, like that's going to – catch some headlines it's your rate for the guy he has not been playing to the level of of what he was many (laughs) years ago and that's to be expected for year eight as an offensive tackle so as far as stanley with with an organization that knows how to bring a depth i don't think that's a big deal as far as humphrey yeah saying doubtful they're saying he's not going to play so that that will come out 90 minutes before the game they've been doing just fine without him Every single week. He's, I don't know, he's up in the air. We'll see. Misses a handful of games, and the Ravens are just fine. Their defense is rated very high. Uh, Higgins, he's really popped in some games. Some games not so much, but it's worth pointing out that in week two, he did pop. It was one of his good games. Eight catches, 89 yards, two touchdowns in that one. So that one could hurt them. It could hurt them like it hurt them this past week. And now Boyd stepped in and did just fine. But I don't know. I, I don't expect Boyd to repeat that performance that he did against the Texans with eight grabs for 117 yards because the Ravens are really, really good against number two receivers. That spot that Boyd is going to slide into. And Chase, how healthy is he? Uh, the final numbers wise, he had a really good game on Sunday, but a lot of it was on one massive touchdown grab. So. Not quite sure. Quick turnaround as far as that goes. I do think the Higgins one is pretty impactful. I'm surprised Trey Hendrickson's good to go. It's completely off the injury report because the expectation was that he was not going to be prepared uh, to roll in this one. For me, guys, the majority of uh, my angles in this game are on the Ravens side as far as props go. Now, I am concerned about – like I, I mean – if you're forcing me, I would probably do something with the Ravens. But the full game is worrisome. Divisional matchup. This this number landed on a field goal last time they played. And just, you know, flat out Baltimore, they've been awesome in the first half. They've been great starting games. They have a phenomenal run game. And they can't close games. Does it make any sense to me, Aaron? You, you would think the way that they are built, a smart organization, smart head coach, great running game, 
strong defense. They're built to close games, and they haven't been able to. Mm-hmm. That's how they're blowing these these ones. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So the Ravens and actually the Bengals too, they both tend to start fast. But specifically the Ravens, they just run out of steam. It's very head-scratching to me. Uh, Mike McDonald, the D coordinator, has been really good. You mentioned Jamar Chase. He had six targets, caught five of them. But I think if the Bengals are going to find a way to stay in this game, they've got to get him more targets. I think it's got to be like in the 10 to 15 range, which he's had a few times this season. I was looking at over seven and a half receptions for him. It's plus 120. I'm only looking at props here. I am thinking since both these teams do tend to start fast, should I look at a first half over oof, 22 and a half in a division game also the Bengals if they want to stay in this in this division I mean they can't lose this game they hate to call it a must win it's kind of corny but it it really is for the Bengals isn't it I mean I expect this to be a close game but I think the the Ravens can afford to lose this one and they're not totally out of it where the Bengals they have to win this game in my opinion maybe not for the playoffs but certainly for the division Oh, 100%. Couldn't agree with you more, Aaron. Like, the, the the Bengals have to win this one because, first off, they already played the Ravens and lost. So then you're losing out on tiebreakers as well as far as head-to-head matchups go. Yeah, the Bengals have to win this game if they have any shot in the division. And I don't know if it matters in terms of motivation or anything like that, but you see the, the quarterback injury with the Browns. How does that not give you a little pep in your step if you're the Bengals? Knowing full well that, okay, the Steelers – dare I say they're a little fortunate to be where they are just even contending for the division title so those two teams right there that look flawed in some way shape or form and the other one you're going up against and if you beat them and you improve to six and four okay well now you already have the momentum that you've had with Joe Burrow playing better and better as he's getting healthier so that really helps the defense is certainly getting better and adding Hendrickson is huge uh, just in terms of that defensive uptick 100% the Bengals have to win this game. So how much does this matter in terms of motivation, you know, especially for a short week? I, I don't, I I don't know, hard to kind of quantify that, but I definitely would say that I would not be surprised if the Bengals try say a couple of trick plays or they try some unusual wrinkles offensively because they know full well that they have to use them in a game like this just to kind of stay in contention at the same time though, when we talk about props, some folks are throwing out the idea of Trenton Irwin, as sort of being that extra receiver, uh, that extra outlet, perhaps. I would not go there. I think he was perhaps a good story at one point, but now I'd probably go under as far as uh, any plays I would make on him. This is going to be about the stars to me. And and Aaron, I couldn't agree with you more as far as that's concerned. The, The stars who are still out there at wide receiver, those are the ones who are going to have to have mighty contributions to be able to win this football game, Joe. Hmm. Chase's number is 78 and a half yards. We've seen number one receivers get after the Ravens a little bit. Amon Ross St. Brown, 13 grabs, 102 yards. Uh, George Pickens had a big game, 130-yard game and only five catches uh, in their matchup. But again, how healthy is Chase? I think he's got to be the guy. I'm not expecting Boyd to go for 100 again uh, like he did on Sunday. So I, I, I would go Chase there. But I have a stronger opinion about a couple Ravens angles. And let's talk about Mark Andrews. Mm. The Bengals Mm -hmm. are terrible against the tight end position. 
I mean, in the first five weeks, it was about giving up touchdowns. They gave up four touchdowns in five weeks to that position. Take a look at what's happened over the last three weeks. Schultz, four for 71. Kincaid, 10 for 81. Kittle, nine for 149. These are quality tight ends. Mark Andrews certainly uh, fits into that conversation. And if you look at his props, uh, receptions is at four and a half yards, 55 and a half. Uh, touchdown plus money at plus 160. If you want to do two plus, it's at 12 to one. Uh, did, did he, he didn't have an awesome game. I mean, he would have gone over in the receptions, under on the yards, five for 45 in the week two matchup. I think that's going to change. Bengals are one of the worst teams against this position. I'll be looking at Andrew's props for sure. One prop that I love, and obviously the Bengals know about this, but Keaton Mitchell is averaging yeah. almost 16 yards per carry. If Devin Singletary, who's averaging 3.9 <laughs> yards per carry, can rush for 150 yards, what on earth is Keaton Mitchell going to do? So I did play his prop 36 and a half over. I think they're going to give okay. him the ball. More... I mean, that's, that's a question. Like, mm -hmm. He I didn't get any so. touches last week. I'm like, he's awesome. He touches the ball, yeah. explosive plays happen, and then they sat him. He he played four snaps in the entire second half on Sunday. He had one touch. And Harbaugh yep. comes out, he's like, oh, he's going to play more. He's going to play more. Okay. Why didn't he play this past Sunday? You're supposed to be the smarter Believe organization. It when I, I didn't get it. it. I didn't get it, yeah. man. Like, I, it's a really good play, Aaron. I agree with you. I'm probably going to do something with Mitchell. I'm, I'm figuring that out, but I'm frustrated by the organization because – they don't seem to want to get them on the field when they lack playmakers. Yeah. How you can't maybe have they too learn many or maybe exactly. Maybe they're trying to keep like, they don't want to have like too many people to know about it or be expecting it every time. I have no idea, but if you don't get them the ball, I'm going to be so mad tomorrow. No, <laughs> I'm very I angry. Just... We're going to go back to the group text and then the profanity will pour like wine. That's how this is going to go down. I know it. And it's fine. I'll be pouring wine during the game. Right. <laughs> Just forego the glass. Just go straight. I'm right. Not. I'll be pouring one out for Aaron. If Mitchell's not in the field. Yeah. Oh, right. Gosh. Yeah. Yes. I'll be screaming. That would be brutal. I, okay, the, the rushing yards, I'm fine with. The one thing I was going to say, though, about Keaton Mitchell, I would not do an anytime touchdown with him. It's possible, like, look, with a score of 46, right. we could see several touchdowns in a game like this. Do not, do not use Keaton Mitchell for an anytime touchdown play. He's not the goal line back. He never was going to be the goal line back. He isn't going to be in this situation, as far as I can tell. So I would not make him an anytime touchdown scorer here. Uh, but th the whole idea of Mark Andrews, though, Joe, that I find uh, interesting is, look, all these tight ends you mentioned, yeah, they're stellar. I might say Mark Andrews is better than them. You yes. know, the power ranking tight ends, I would have him second uh, just behind uh, the guy dating Taylor Swift, uh, whatever his name is. But that's yes. the thing is you know, Mark Andrews is better than all those things. Such a fantastic playmaker, short, intermediate, it doesn't matter. They're going to find ways to get him the football in a spot like this. And as much as I believe in the upward trajectory for this Bengals defense, I think one of the reasons why I'm playing Ravens minus three and a half 
is because Mark Andrews is going to be so significant. Odell Beckham is also going to be a big playmaker here. And whatever you think of the other receivers, I think Lamar Jackson will do just enough to get them just enough targets. Like I could see a kind of a diversified portfolio when it comes to the box score, but leading the way will be Mark Andrews. Yep. Agree 100%. Yes. I I like that. Yeah. The Nikin Mitchell has gotten into the end zone a couple of times, but those are on explosive plays. Those were plays from outside Mm -hmm. of the red zone. Gus Bus is their dude. That's who they're going to roll with. Mm-hmm. So I think it's uh, it's certainly a fair point. And it, you know, part of me is always like, as coaches lie to us on a week to week basis, you know, Harbaugh's going on the record saying he's going to use Mitchell more, and that was a mistake. We got to use him more. Blah blah blah. I mean, if he's announcing it, is he going to do it? Does he have to? I mean, he doesn't have to do anything. I, so I, right. I don't know how it's going to handle it. He's not um, under oath. <laughs> Yeah, he has 14 <laughs> yards a pop, 14 yards a pop on his 12 carries. I just don't understand why you wouldn't want to get him more. Um, Paul, we're going to have to check on alt lines, I guess, on this guy if we're going to buy into this a little bit. Like, with a prop of 36 and a half rushing yards, it shouldn't take much. So if he pops, mm-hmm. he can get that in one go. Like he doesn't yes. need five carries. So is it just like, is it just play the 50 plus or I don't know, maybe even 80 plus something crazy and just hope he pops a couple eight runs. to one. He, he can absolutely 80 plus is eight to one. I love it. Yeah. I'm, Ooh, I mean, you have to. That, that could be three carries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is what you're looking for. Yeah. And, and by the way, the Bengals bad against the run too. There's that. Yeah. Their defense is really bad, like really bad. And it's still been bad over the past month, even when they like got back on track, which was really like, okay, Joe Burrow's calf isn't killing them anymore. And with the Andrews, Mm -hmm. I mean, the last you talked about it and they're them being bad against tight ends, but like against the Ravens or against the Bengals specifically, it's 10 targets each of his last three games. Like they are feeding him against this team specifically. So like two yep. touch two plus touchdowns could be a look at twelve to one. He's never gonna get three touchdowns. It was just eye popping the difference in numbers. It was like twenty eight fifty, and there was a ninety five out there. But the number, uh, yeah, why I would see, he never I see get your three reaction. touchdowns? Because he hasn't. Like I haven't seen it. I, I went back to the last couple of years, and he hasn't. I don't know yeah. if he's never gotten there. I feel like he has once, but the last two seasons, the most it was like two plus and he did that like twice each season so that's not a common occurrence um but even that the number on his yardage is low at 44 or so i think 54 and a half receptions i'll definitely be going over at four and a half and you could go alt receptions like up to eight um at pretty juicy numbers mm. so i'll probably be playing receptions over yards for andrews and then definitely touchdown or two. I- I heard that was popular so far. And uh, so Andrew's obviously the most red zone targets. No surprise. 13 on the Ravens. Number two on the team. Any guesses? Just three behind Andrews. 10 red zone oh, targets. No. I looked oh, at boy. it and now I forget. It's not Zay. Oh, OBJ. It is. It is. Zay and OBJ, OBJ are yeah. right oh, it there. Is Zay. 10, 10 and 9. Okay. 10 for Flowers, 9 for OBJ. I just thought I was, I was surprised by how close they both are two Andrews for red zone targets. Well, and, and it's that unpredictability in terms of, you know, who they played so far. But I mean, I think the, the point is made that against the Bengals, a team they play a lot, they still do largely the same things and it doesn't seem to mm-hmm. matter. 
I think that's what makes it such a good play there is predictability thrown out the window. It's okay. They can't stop. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, there are a number of double-digit spreads on the board in Week 11. We will look at the best survivor options right here on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Addy Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And it's time to talk about Survivor. There are some massive spreads uh, with which we can choose our Survivor pick from on this lovely Week 11. We've got the Dolphins as 13.5-point favorites. We've got the Commanders, 9.5-point favorites. We've got the Cowboys as big favorites. The 49ers are up there. Uh, The Buffalo Bills are up there if you want to go that route. Uh, any of these strike your fancy, Joe, or are you looking elsewhere? So, yeah, I mean, the conversation starts with there are seven options. And it's amazing that we're in week 11 here. And if you're still alive, that you have options available. You know, it'd be really hard to go through all seven of these, especially when you have one of those massive point spreads. A team like Washington, you know. <laughs> if you didn't lose them early in the season, you probably still have them available. Um, I've used about half of the options. I've used Miami, Dallas, and Buffalo. If you have not used Buffalo, no thanks. I'm a hard pass on that one, guys. I need to see it. Really? And I don't and I don't know what Joe Brady's gonna look like. And I don't like this div- it's a division game against a tough defense. The passing offense looks broken. How much are things going to change? I would be, I'd be worried about that one. Oh boy, it sounds like you, you like Buffalo a lot. Well, I've Just used him Zach already, Wilson. so I can't use. Him. Okay, I, I would recommend. You wouldn't be him, nervous, or I would you recommend be nervous? the Bills. I'd be nervous. No more than I would be any other week. I, I wouldn't be. Okay. I mean, I think at some point, like you know, have they hit rock bottom? Probably. Like, I think they have nowhere to go but up just in terms of like, yeah, Josh Allen had a bad game on Monday, but the offense has still been efficient, not explosive, but efficient. And I think the against the Jets, efficient is enough. Mm, okay. Even with Aaron Rodgers coaching up Zach Wilson on the sideline. Well, that's different. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's like well, three-point move right there. I yeah. know. Only three? Give me goodness. Off. Yeah, right. Jeez. Uh, yeah, right. I've used I've used them, but is it insane to state that Dallas at Carolina, Dallas on the road, I'd prefer to go somewhere else. Yeah. If if I had them available. Because mm-hmm. I like using the Cowboys at home. Sure. I no, I think that makes a lot of sense. Dak's a different quarterback on the road, especially in out outdoor environments. I think that's fine. And also, too. Usually a lot of those blowout wins, for the most part, there are exceptions, obviously, but for the most part, those blowout wins for the Cowboys are against divisional foes. They just know how to play them really well. And this dates back to Jason Garrett, who dominated the Giants and Washington, you know, teams like that. But here you got Carolina, a bit of an unknown. I mean, would we be that surprised that all of a sudden, you know, Bryce Young just goes off? And then this becomes a closer game than it should be. And they're on upset alert all the time and witching hour and all that good stuff. I would not take the Cowboys this week. Okay. Uh, Let's get to Washington. You've not used them. They're the team that has no future value. None. Do you want to use them in divisional matchup? And just, you know, it's a fade giants move. Like 
I, I know a lot of people are thinking that, hey, if I have the team available that is facing the Giants, I'm just going to take that team as long as they continue to do with whatever the hell they're doing at quarterback. Are the commanders going to screw people? I mean, that's basically what we need to know. I mean, Aaron, you know you're laughing because you know it's coming. You know it's yeah, coming. Exactly. I'm laughing because I'm like, oh, wow, the commanders are back to being a popular survivor pick. Have fun with that. <laughs> they win when they're not supposed to. They lose when they're supposed to win. I would stay away. If they're a popular pick this week, then that would just tell me stay away. That's all I need to know. There's a, there's this... a lot of options this week, right? I think. Like, why roll the dice with the commanders? How does How DeVito do it? How does DeVito do it? Uh, that's the thing. Like, it's Tommy DeVito. Like, I don't think I don't think he's serviceable enough in some college environments, much less the NFL. Like, I think he the wasn't. commander's defense can do it. <laughs> exactly. Like, his college years, I mean, there were some good spots, I guess, but somehow this guy fell into an NFL lap and he is where he is now. No, I mean, there's a reason why the market has the commanders as nine and a half point favorites doing full well that some people think they're tanking right now. But I'm, I would be fine with that. Like, what else, when else are you going to play them uh, if you haven't done so already? Uh, like we did in week one when they were facing Arizona or maybe some of us when they were facing Chicago when it looked like they hit rock bottom. Uh, yeah, uh, how'd that turn out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the Giants are worse than Chicago. I think we can yes. safely I, say, say I mean, that. <laughs> Georgia is better than the game. Giants. They really yes. should. I just, I don't know if I can yeah. stomach it. Yeah, I know. It's tough. I understand it. So uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, a very high mm -hmm. point spread, a team that has a, a lot of future value, San Francisco. Great performance last week against Jacksonville. They come back mm -hmm. home where they dominate. But they also have Arizona, Washington, and the LA Rams remaining on the schedule. Would you use San Francisco? I'm going to save them. I'm going to wait on San Francisco. I'd say them. Yeah. yeah. Plus, I they, mean, they I... are one of those holiday teams as well. So if you are mm -hmm. part of a pool where you have to play the holiday groups of True. games, that's also a reason why I would probably save them, Aaron. Yeah, I think depending on your situation, if you're kind of in, in that, like, I just am running out of options and got to keep moving on. Maybe you're in a desperate spot and you got to use them. But I think there are other options like what about the chargers i mean no justin herbert no against the no. packers i i like it but it's a three-point spread and i've got so mm -hmm. many games that have a higher spread i do think, I think they're gonna I, win but i don't know that i would do it here i like i like a little riskier move except when it comes to the commanders that's too that's too close. <laughs> yeah, no, nine no. and a half points. I don't know, guys. Like, that seems a little tenuous to no, me. No, this commander's team is not that good to be nine and a half point favorites. I'll pass. Right, that's how bad the Giants are. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. Okay. Uh, 49ers, so Chargers yeah, is risky, matters, yeah. a little bold. Mm hmm Yeah. Look, mm -hmm. here's how I look at it. I'd like to save San Francisco. I don't want to use Dallas on the road. So if you have Miami, I'm cool with it. If you have Washington, Absolutely. Buffalo scares me a little bit. 
Jacksonville divisional matchup. Now, Jacksonville, yeah, I expect a better performance from them, but I want nothing to do with it. Uh, A divisional (laughs) matchup, we've seen that time and time again. Fields coming back. This line is dropping, guys. It touched 10 the other day. Now we're at 7.5 at some spots. Uh, I don't want to do it. Alliance. I'll use use Detroit another time. So not interested. Uh, Definitely not using Houston. No, 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 no. Not against Kyler. Not interested. No. Yeah, I agree on that one. Miami, San Francisco, Washington (laughs) for me, guys. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm going to have to give my big reveal now because – I have used up the Dolphins. I've used up the Commanders, the Cowboys, the 49ers, the Bills. I will wait for the Lions for Thanksgiving because I'm kind of stuck there. So Detroit's going to be my option against the Packers for Thanksgiving. But my play this week is the Houston Texans. That is just fine by me. I am more than comfortable taking the Texans. First off, I get that Kyler Murray is back for Mm. Arizona. And I also do believe that the Cardinals do want to use Kyler Murray to his, you know, fullest potential as far as using the entire playbook, like design runs, scrambles, things like that. Definitely, I think they want to use, you know, everything so that they know what they have in him as far as a trade chip or just building around him. I think it's fine. But this Texans offense is ridiculously efficient. Like, at some point, you have to buy into that. The pass rush is spectacular. They've recorded a pressure rate of at least 40% in nearly all of their games. Will Anderson, Will Anderson's been a phenomenal run stuffer. And look, if I haven't started the campaign to make him defensive rookie of the year, I will do so in the here and the now. And my question is, what aspect of the Cardinals is playing better than the Texans right now? I don't see any area where the Texans could be deficient in a game like this. And yeah, it's not exactly the same process as far as just fading the Cardinals every single week. But I think in this instance, especially if you're running out of options and you have used all of the big boys, I'd go Houston. Which which teams with a higher point spread are you saying no on that you prefer Houston to? Jacksonville's one of them, right? Absolutely. And any others? You're saving Detroit. Used Washington. Used Washington. Used San Francisco? Um, Or you're saving him? Yeah, I've used San Francisco. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Most people have not. Yeah, and that's part of the thing is that, like, a lot of the big boys you've mentioned, I've used up already. So I, I am in a position where I have to be more creative with my pick. And in that regard, I think Houston makes the most sense. Okay. No, no concern about the number dropping throughout the week. We opened at six. It touched four and a half. I think we're at five at most spots right now. Four and a half, five. Probably a sharp number. Yeah, yeah. it's probably a sharp number. So, I mean, yeah, the concern is there. Absolutely it is. But I don't, you know, I don't see one. The model doesn't see one as far as a better option. And then, you know, other teams that are probably hovering around that four, three or so probably need to save them for later. I can't argue with the idea of not Jacksonville, not Detroit, because I'm on board with that. I won't be using either of them. Right. Right. Uh, to I, me, I te- the Texans should win. And I think yeah. it's almost like even with taking the Chargers for me, I, I think either of those are like probably not going to be as popular, but will be sweaty. <laughs> but you're probably mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I think they're safe. I think they're both those teams will win. And I've used the Chargers. That's the thing. Like, oh, a lot wow. of these teams are talking Jesus. about. Yeah. How many picks have you made? 
<laughs> apparently just enough apparently just yeah. enough so that's problematic but i haven't used the chiefs yet because they play on christmas so there's that so i at least have that mm-hmm. going for me we get the Not eagles this, this week, week so absolutely give me that yeah right yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the only one i have left that's fine this is back to all daily presented by bet mgm coming up next Corey parson bringing some plus money bangers for the nfl and college <laughs> weekend are we going to have to pay him royalties every time we say that? That's right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. <laughs> 